Hello everyone, my name is Cliff Duvinois, and after 20 years I've returned to my native Michigan and in my quest to reconnect with our great state, I want to talk to the leaders that are behind Michigan's top destinations. I'm going to learn more about them and the great experiences they and their team provide all of us Michiganders, and perhaps I'll learn a few things along the way. Welcome to the Call of Leadership Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. And today we have the honor of being joined by yet another great vineyard located up in the Traverse City area. And we're privileged to have Sherry Fenton with us. She is the managing owner of Black Star Farms. Sherry, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today, Cliff. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up? Oh, okay. Well, so I actually am a native Michigander. I was born in in central Michigan, but when I was the age of four, I traveled overseas with my family where I spent my formative years growing up in both Wales and Belgium. So I spent many years following my parents around to little wine calves in Western Europe, which was kind of exciting. And then I well, then we ended up coming back to Michigan and and I've I've been here I guess a little bit off and on. I moved away to a couple other states and then came back here about 20 years ago. Excellent. Now when you were living over there in Europe because it's really during your formative years did you pick up any foreign languages while you were there? I spoke French. Yes. I went <gasps> to I went to an American school in in Belgium, but we of course had to had to take the French language. <laughs> oh, I miss it. Miss it so much. Okay. So you, so you, you came back to Michigan about 20 years ago. How did you wind up getting into the wine business? So my parents had, I, th- I feel like to answer this question, I need to back up a little bit. In the early nineties, my parents had built a retirement home in the Traverse City area. We'd always had a, a summer place up here. And they started growing vines on Old Mission Peninsula because it was starting to become recognized that there was a little something special going on with the ability to grow, to to plant vineyards and grow successful vineyards in this region. So they had been growing this 40-acre vineyard for probably seven years when this fantastic property in Leelanau Peninsula came up for sale, which is now our flagship property for Black Star Farms. And it consisted of a private residence, which is now an inn for us. It had a full equestrian facility, which we still have. And and then there were other things that were to be added on at a later date. But my parents came along and decided, we're going to buy this gorgeous property and pull in some partners and start a business. And so they originally had three partners, which started Black Star Farms. And at that point, because we had already been growing grapes and had mature vines, we found a fabulous winemaker, Lee Lutz, who was recently back from the northern region in Italy, the Piedmont region, and pulled him on board as our winemaker and decided to convert a part of the inn or part of the house into an inn. And that's where the story all started in in 1998. So... That business was going and growing. And I was actually at that time living on the East Coast with my family, started a young family and ended up moving back home for personal reasons back to Michigan. And five years ago, my parents bought out their last partner 
and turned to me and said, we'd like you to join the family business. <laughs> so it was that direct invite from the folks saying, we need you now, Sherry. <laughs> nice. Now, did, you know, during this time, did you, did you study like viniculture in college? What's your, you know, besides enjoying a good glass of wine, what was, what's really been your experience in, in the world of wine? So actually, it had been quite limited other than enjoying a fabulous bottle of French wine at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually had a very solid background in sales and marketing. Sweet. And so, so when I joined the business, that was my first capacity. I took over the communications and public affairs for Black Star Farms, and then later on took, took over operations for all of our hospitality. So I currently actually am managing all of our departments outside of the winery and tasting room operations. So I, I help manage a team that runs the inn, runs our culinary program, the equestrian facility and manages our property. No. So yes, so, so wine education has not been actually a part of my background. And that's fine. And, you know, and, and I say that because usually you have you know, people on staff that are really experts at this who really focus on you know, how to blend, you know, the different types of grapes together to produce the, 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 the types of, of quality wines that, that Black Star is known to produce. Oh my goodness. We have a fantastic winery team who, yes, is quite accomplished in that and who have really helped to, who, who are the ones who are responsible for giving us the name and the reputation as being the number one winery in Michigan. Yes. Sure. And that's, and that's a title that's, that's definitely deserved. When, so you're taking over the family wine business. Why don't you share with us a little bit about, like from your perspective coming in, what was your, what was your vision for the, the winery? What was the direction that, that you wanted to take it? What was some of the areas that you thought, you know what, this is, these are some areas that we could definitely improve in to help get our brand out there and be able to maintain the, the high quality of the wines that you produce. My goal was to make, Black Star Farms, the number one wine and culinary destination in the Midwest. So we are still we are still working towards that. That's not something that you are able to do overnight. But we have we have made significant gains. We have we have we have a wonderful background. We've always been very highly regarded. We have been been able to gain notoriety in in some new areas in the in the past few years, which has been terrific for for the winery side of the business. They are doing a tremendous job in, in winning national and international awards that are amazing. We have remodeled the inside of our flagship tasting room out here at the Sutton's Bay location, and it looks better than ever. It's a little bit more of an urban industrial style inside with this big, huge ceiling, you know, vaulted ceiling and big beams. It's it's stunning. We are underway at remodeling as we are able rooms in the inn to to make it that that much more of an exquisite destination for people who are used to traveling all over the all, all over the world. I want them to come in and feel as comfortable as they are any place else that they travel. We have worked tremendous a tremendous amount at our hospitality training and really we we recognize that our number one asset at Black Star Farms is every single one of our team members. And so we continue to invest in making them stronger and better because they are the ones on the front lines with our guests every single day. And, and so we, we feel that it's our responsibility to really fully 
give them the right tools and build them up. And it's interesting you say that because the times that I've been in your tasting room there at Black Star Farms, I've always been just amazed at how knowledgeable your staff is about the about the different types of wines. If you would share with us a little bit about the about the training that goes in to make sure that that these people are, you know, not only knowledgeable, but can be able to communicate that to the general public who may not know a lot about wine. Well, I think one of the first things, Cliff, that we do is that we make sure that we put people in roles in a role that they can succeed in. So I my, I guess, unofficial training as I was growing up was watching my father. And I saw my father open incredible doors in the corporate world, open doors to in China and Russia is one of the first people um, traveling over over there. And he built along with him a culture of respect that former employees of his, they still recall to me today. I saw him manage with integrity, respect and gratitude, but he did all of those things only after putting people in the right roles. So I am trying to emulate the way that he led and making sure that people are where they need to be, where they can thrive. So if a person has, has an affable, wonderful, outgoing personality, that's a great start for them. We need somebody who's going to be able to, you know, to put themselves out there and, and initiate a conversation and make people feel welcome and, and build a level of trust with them. Many of people who come to our tasting rooms have never gone wine tasting before. They don't know what to do and they're afraid of doing it wrong. And there is no wrong, obviously, as you and I know. Yes. But so what we what we train our staff to do is to just just establish a nice level of rapport. You know, don't don't jump in right away. Just kind of, you know, allow a little relationship to happen. And 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 relationships do happen. Oh my goodness, people come back year after year asking for for, you know, the person who waited on them. My son worked in the tasting room a few years ago and people would keep <laughs> coming back, you know, is he here? So that's that's one of the things that we really encourage them to do is just to be themselves. And then the wine training, you know, that just comes with time. We, we pair people up really. We have kind of a mentor program where we pair them up with a more of a senior uh, person who, who knows our wines. And we let them, we let them kind of tag along for a few days and they they end up having to learn by fire because then you know you turn to this person and you let them lead and we have we just have an incredible level of of talent and so we're really really blessed indeed you are and i do want to circle back on something that you talked about earlier as part of your vision when you talk about this being the you know one of the top culinary destinations because when I think of vineyards, most of the time it's them selling wine, you know, their wine products. But you're talking about culinary, which is which is food. Why why did you decide or why did your family decide that incorporating uh, food into the winery was a direction you wanted to go? Well, Cliff, I think a lot of it was led by this property that we have. It's an exquisite, it's 160 acres. And we are situated in a in a in a wooded area so the back side of our property has woods we also have a a cherry orchard where we get a lot of our cherries for what we what we make and and then this big equestrian property we have uh, an estate vineyard here also which um, has turned into a wonderful spot for weddings really i mean 
it oh it just seemed like it seemed like a natural it was it's it it's an entire place you could spend an entire afternoon here so i think as as it started to evolve and people came to the inn and it and it was a bed and breakfast then as more people started coming well gosh you know we could offer them some special wine pair dinners and then people realized that it was such a spectacular looking property they wanted to be married here so originally we had we had offsite caterers come in, but then we started developing our own culinary program. And from there, we we actually converted a building that was on property into a small cafe. So we now have a, a cafe that is, that's a seasonal cafe. We have a year-round culinary program because we took a an indoor swimming pool behind the inn and converted that to a banquet room. So that can accommodate 150 people. And then all of a sudden you're able to host business meetings and they need food and wine. And it just started, it just started growing, you know, and, and one thing really kind of led to the next. I would love to tell you, Cliff, that my parents and their partners came in and said, boom, 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 this is our business plan. And they laugh today that no, a lot of it just kind of happened. No, <laughs> I think that's the way it, things have to happen in business because we certainly have learned this year that we can't predict anything. So you just, we, you know, I think one of the things that we've done is we've taken our, our fortes and, and we've just built upon those. Yeah. And, you know, and I think you bring up a really good point because a lot of the times when you go in there, like, you know, you're, it sounded like your, your family and their partners were first initially going in because they wanted to build a vineyard. But what happened is, is that other opportunities started to present themselves that paired nicely, pardon the pun, paired nicely <laughs> with the, you know, with the vineyard. And I think anybody out there who knows or, or goes out and does any kind of wine tasting is that, you know, the best and most enjoyable experiences, of course, is when you have a really great glass of wine with a really good plate of food. Exactly. And then that creates the whole experience. And so what we are all about when somebody drives onto our property is we are all about the experience that people have. We have culled down our business focus to our two main destination properties. We have on the Old Mission Peninsula, we also have a winery production facility and a tasting room there. And then the, the broader property over near Sutton's Bay. But we we just want to focus, we're focusing on those and providing an, an excellent experience and hospitality when you arrive at either one of our properties. Excellent. And so your, so your vineyard now, you are essentially, for all intents and purposes, a second generation. Is there any advice that your parents gave you that, that you have found to, to be invaluable in running the family business? Um, sure. I, I don't believe that we ever sat down at a table and had that advice given to me, you know, like spoken to me okay. as, a, as a directive. But I would say that if I'm going to be running the family business that I needed to run it in the way that they would um, want to see it run. And so what I attempt to do or have attempted to um, do is build a culture of respect I attempt to manage with integrity, with that respect, and with gratitude. And those are things, again, that I saw modeled by my parents. Without integrity and respect and showing gratitude, 
I don't believe that a successful team can be built, that I don't believe that without those things, you can have the culture that you need to grow and thrive and establish long-term employees. So I'm hoping by the, by the example of these wonderful teams that we have, that those practices are, are working. <laughs> well, I can attest that they are working because Blackstar Farms is one of the handful of vineyards that I always visit when I'm in Traverse City. And it's, and it's you, you brought up a good word before, and I'm hearing this more and more on this podcast when I talk to the various people around Michigan. But you guys really do create a, a really great experience. And it's not only in the in the people interaction, but, you know, it's just the, the type of uh, the type of the wines that you offer and the quality that you offer, which to me anyways, keeps me coming back. And I'm, I'm always looking forward to seeing uh, the new stuff that's there and trying. I actually got exposed to uh, not I don't think that the actual term is the ice wine, but I want to say like the dessert wines that you have. Oh, yes. Well, we have both. Yes. Yes. Absolutely delicious. And you guys are going to put me into bankruptcy uh, because of those. So yeah, those are amazing. Yes, they are. And so what I want to talk about here is I want to start talking about some good stuff. What I would like to do is I would like to ask for you, like, let's say that somebody's listening to this podcast. Maybe they don't have a lot of uh, experience with wines, but they're like, you know what? I want to go check out Black Star. I want to go in there and actually try something. What would be some really good, perhaps maybe entry level wines that you would recommend that people, you know, take a look at, maybe even try when they come to your facility? So as I mentioned before, many people come to us without having having a base basic wine knowledge or, or wine experience. So often that that more perhaps can we say novice person coming to to the wine table loves to start with a sweeter wine. And so we have found that our best selling wine is actually our late harvest Riesling. That is our sweetest Riesling. And that is a, is a great way for people to come in and start enjoying a wine. I think as people begin to, to try other things, we have this region obviously is known for very much of a fruit forward wine, which does not always mean sweet, just means fruit, fruit, fruit flavors I and mean, fruit, fruit characteristics coming forward as some of the notes that you are tasting initially. And oh my goodness, we have, other than the late harvest Riesling, I could suggest that somebody try on, on the red side, maybe try a Pinot Noir. You know, Ooh. Pinot Noirs are, are kind of traditionally a, like a lighter red and, you know, a big full red might be a little bit too much for somebody who's just coming into wines, but maybe trying a Pinot Noir or a Pinot Noir Rosé could be just a really nice way to start getting into wines as well. Okay. So we're talking about the late harvest Riesling, which by the way, yours is really good. Pinot Noir, which is like what I think one of my love languages and then Pinot Noir Rosé. Yes. I think those would be fantastic. Now I'm going to, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot, Sherry. What would be, if somebody had, like, let's say if somebody came in and bought a late harvest Riesling, what would be some really good foods that they could pair that with? Boy, you know, if you want to keep it really simple and pull out a box of cheese and crackers, it would be wonderful to have with, with just anything like that. If you were going to sit down and have a late harvest Riesling with a meal, I would potentially pull it out with, with maybe a pasta dish. You know, you could, the sweetness, sometimes you want it to cut through something. So if you've got like a creamy pasta dish, 
Um, maybe, you know, help that out a little bit. Definitely something spicy or ethnic, which you're not going to find a lot of, unfortunately, up in the Traverse City area. But if you've got some kind of, a, you know, ethnic cuisine, I would love it with that. Late Harvest Riesling would also, well, obviously it has to go with German food. <laughs> so, you know, you could put it with any kind of uh, fantastic little traditional German dish. But I would say probably, you know, stick to those things. Maybe something that's a little bit more rich and easy, maybe in a pasta, something spicy and ethnic or some fun German food. Sure. That's excellent. No, and thank you for taking the time to answer that question because one of the things that I've I've really enjoyed with wine is just how much better it seems to go when it is paired with something. And so there's there's been more than one time where I've popped open a bottle of wine or a bottle of bubbly, whatever it might be, and then just have finger food with it, you know, or just snack it or whatever it is. I just, I just really enjoy having uh, a glass of wine to go along, especially if I'm cooking dinner and putting in all that effort to have a really good bottle of wine to go with it. It's just, to me, it's just icing on the cake. It is terrific. So Cliff, I would love to share with you a little experiment that I post to some people. So we host, we host a series called the Arcturus Harvest Dinner Series. And this is when we put on a spectacular five to seven course uh, uh, meal. And each course is paired with a wine that has been chosen by our winemaking team. And we were at a dinner, gosh, probably about a year ago. And I encouraged, Cliff, I honestly cannot even remember which wine this was that I was having them pair with it. But, which is really embarrassing. But, (laughs) But I asked them, I said, okay, I'd like you to, to all take a taste of the glass of wine that you have in front of you right now. And they said, now I'd like you to put your fork into your food and, and put that, put a bite in your mouth and now taste the wine again. And I said, and I want you to tell me if you notice anything different. And we had two long rows of 25 people at each table and their eyes started to light up and they looked up and they started going, oh my gosh. It's like dancing around in my mouth now. And just the amazement <laughs> that they had about how a wine can change when you have also food in your mouth was really, really fun. So absolutely. One of the things that, that our winemaker always says to everybody at those dinners is, please, I don't want to see a clean glass at the end of the night. You need to have take a bite of your food and then have a drink of your wine to really get the full effect of what this wine is capable of doing. Yeah. So that's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely a cute story. And that's something where with drinking with wine that I've really noticed, especially when I pair it with food is how it will, how it just, to me, it just really augments the the flavor and the taste of food, you know, having a really nice. So one of the things that I like to have with Pinot Noir is duck. I love duck. I love duck. I, I crave duck. So Pinot Noir with the duck. And it's like amazing how, you know, maybe after two or three bites, it's almost like you get a little bit of accustomed to the the food that you're eating. And then when you take a a drink of the wine and then take another bite of the food, it's like all of a sudden it's almost like a a freshness of the, of the total flavor hits your palate. And, you know, my eyes are rolling back in my head and, you know, everything else. And so it's really awesome that, that you guys are doing that. And, and, you know, I, 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 I'm going to ask my next question here because I really wish that we had this ability to, you know, to be able to do these things. But with COVID that's going on right now and all these precautions that are in place, 
if somebody's thinking about coming to Black Star or up there or whatever it is, why don't you talk to us a little bit about some of the some of the precautions that you have that you've implemented to make sure that people are safe when they come in? Oh, absolutely. Um, so early, earlier this year, before we reopened the inn and reopened the tasting room, our management team got together and really did some significant research on the best safety, the best practices and safety practices in order for us to reopen safely. We have been very, very strict about our policies and we have been following closely the guidances by the Center for Disease Control, OSHA, Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association, uh, American Hotel and Lodging Association and our local health department. So we are, we are implementing sanitation practices uh, that go on all day long, distancing practices, following mandates to numbers of people allowed in a space or number of households that can be in the same space. We do, I mean, obviously our priority was to make sure that nothing was going to happen on our property and that our team members, our team members and our guests would be as healthy and safe if there was any possible way that we could um, ensure that. So we've, we continue to, we actually, we actually just are working on a new little video, just kind of a retraining because, you know, as, as some of the fatigue is starting to set in, we found that along the way, we need to just kind of keep reminding people of everything that they have to be doing um, in order to keep everybody safe. And so, so we've got a new training video that's going to be launching probably just before Christmas just to keep everybody, you know, on, on their toes, especially heading into the holidays and going, you know, potentially to see family and being away from work for a few days. Certainly. And if people did want to, to purchase, you know, some of the wines uh, that, that you have, you're, you're definitely open for that. We are. So what we're doing right, right now is we are offering curbside service. We will start after Christmas on Saturdays having our outdoor terrace and our Sutton's Bay location open because we also have have a snowshoe pack a snowshoe adventure that we encourage what? people that's awesome so we have three miles of trails that go through a raspberry patch in the woods and tall pines and our cherry orchard and atop atop our vineyard and so people we have snowshoes to rent if you don't have your own you can rent snowshoes come out and traipse around in the snow and then come back and have some hot mulled cider, have a hot bowl of soup and and have some wine out on the outdoor terrace. So that's going to work very well with with COVID and with the distancing and safety practices and wanting people wanting to be outdoors. So that's something that we're excited about on Saturdays. We are we'll just continue to monitor what is allowed at this point in time as far as tasting. We are not doing we're not allowed to do any indoor tasting. So that is closed at this point. But if people are in the area, we do want to encourage them to come stop by and grab wine. So we are offering 20% off carryout. <laughs> you know, you just call call ahead or call from the parking lot and we'll run wine out to you. Cliff, we're really anxious to get back to business as usual putting smiles on people's faces. You know, Sherry, I, I will say this with all sincerity. I am anxious as well <laughs> to get back yeah. to, to business as usual. And I miss, I was actually, and I, I know you and I talked about this before I hit the record button, but I was at Black Star Farms uh, a handful of weeks ago and I missed the whole experience about being able to come in and uh, be able to try some more of the different uh, types of wines and everything else. And, you know, I'm, 
like you said, right. I'm I'm experiencing. I'm not even an employee there, but I'm experiencing the fatigue of it. I just, uh, I just, right. I just can't wait to to just be able to travel like I'm used to. So, you know, yeah. But good for you for offering that snowshoe thing. That is so cool. That is something I've really been uh, exploring as I've been putting together this podcast. So it's really cool that you have uh, the ability to be able to offer that um, to people. And where did you say this was being offered at again? This is at the Sutton's Bay Black Star Farms location. Gotcha. Okay. So I should probably also add, so we've also had to get a little bit creative at the inn because we have a 10 room in here also on this property. And it's obviously gone through some ups and downs as uh, mandates for not traveling have been in place. But people, we're open now. And for people looking for a quiet respite coming up, we've, we've managed to make some changes at the inn to keep people very distanced and safe. Changes that actually I would say are enhancing your, you know, a person's visit to the inn. We are offering room service breakfast now. So no more dining down in the breakfast room. Room service isn't so bad, right? Hospitality hour, we typically have a room full of 20 of our, you know, 20 guests and mingling. And, and since that's not happening right now, we are, we are providing hospitality hour on a tray that people can take back to their rooms. Or if weather's appropriate, they could take it out by the fire out on the back patio. We've also, we, we offer a complimentary wine tasting with, in addition to the hospitality hour for our in guests. And so what we're doing there with the tasting rooms, since they can't go over to the tasting room for that, we're bringing the wine tasting to them. So we're also providing that as part of hospitality hour. So, you know, we're, we're, we're making it work. It's, there's not as much interaction going on, but it still is very exquisite. And speaking of snowshoes, after or before a little wine tasting, we have complimentary snowshoes hanging out the back door of the inn so people can go pop those on and go for a little walk and walk off some of their wine that they've been tasting. Sherry, you are my hero of the day. Oh, wait, but I'm not done, Cliff. Oh, keep going, <laughs> keep going. I want to hear more. In this year of distancing, we, we had a fantastic package this summer where we would have bikes waiting for people at the back door of the inn and they could go ride along the this this trail that was a rails to trails system and find themselves up, up in the little village of Sutton's Bay, which is a few miles up the street. And there we would have a picnic lunch waiting for them. And then they could hop on a stand up paddleboard or a kayak and go out on the nice tranquil bays of Sutton's Bay. We decided, well, that was so um, successful this summer with people wanting to be outside, that what could we do for this year? this winter. So fat tire bikes, right? Those go through snow. Yes. So we now starting the day after Christmas, we'll have, if you request it, fat, fat tire bikes waiting outside the back of the inn. The trail will be groomed now. The snow, snow covered trail is groomed all the way up to Sutton's Bay. And then people will be greeted there with some of a soup and a little hot beverage that we have up there for them. And then we swap out the bike for snowshoes and they can go trapes around a park. And then when they're all hot and sweaty and whatever, <laughs> they'll be, that's when you don't want to be outside anymore. Then we will have them transported back to the inn just in time for a hospitality hour. So we are, we're getting creative. We're coming up with things that definitely people can do. They can come up. They don't have to sit inside the inn all day long. You know, we've got activities for them to do. And we really want to encourage people to get outside and still enjoy. I mean, Northern Michigan, you've, you've been here. It's so beautiful when it's yes. covered in snow as it is right now. I'm looking outside. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So we want to be able to provide as many opportunities for people to enjoy it. 
in light of the current circumstances in the year around us. No, that is that is absolutely brilliant. And kudos to you and your team for uh, being creative and really, you know, turning this, you know, turning this, you know, I don't want to say a disastrous time, but this very difficult time, but turning it around and actually creating a very beautiful experience for the people that stay at, at your inn. And just what you described, shoot, I want to take a weekend and come up there and do this. this that's a, that sounds like so much fun. I'm, I'm, I will admit I'm one of the crazy Michiganders who absolutely, absolutely loves snow and I wish we had like 10 feet of it right now. So yeah. Well, when you grow up in Michigan, when you live in Michigan, you have to, you do become a little bit crazy and you have to love snow or else you're not going to make it. <laughs> you're, you are, you're absolutely right. And I will admit living in California for 20 years, every, every year that came by, I always said the same thing. God, I miss the snow every year. So right, right. yeah, there it is. So Sherry, if, if somebody wants to you know, learn more about these packages, learn more about your wines, you know, maybe follow what you guys are doing. What would be the best way for them to be able to connect with you online? You know what? I would just encourage people to go to our website. So our, the in page on our website has all kinds of special packages that are going on right now. This winter outdoor adventure package, a workcation package when you bring your laptop along because you're working from remote. All those things are, are online. We have a fantastic page that describes describes all of our wines from, you know, from wines for the novice to wines for the aficionado. And you know what, and people are just welcome to just call us anytime also. Call our taste room, call her in. But we do, we do pride ourselves in staying up to date on our website. So that's a great way to find things out. Nice. I'm also not shy about sending out um, press releases to try to get them, to get the word out when we receive notable awards such as the number one best in show Riesling at the Canberra International Riesling Champ competition um, that we won in 1998. So things like that, you'll see things pushed out because we want people to continue to to learn about this area. This area has been dubbed the Traverse Wine Coast. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that Traverse Wine Coast encompasses Old Mission Peninsula and the Leelanau Peninsula. And it truly has started being noticed and is is being recognized now as one of the notable up-and-coming regions to watch and so that's just really exciting and all of us who are involved in traverse wine coast and any of the wineries here just really want to get that word out because like you said out in california people don't necessarily know um, that there's a really great thing going on back in michigan and so you know grab those wine magazines and and you know read about read about michigan and other wine regions that that people are starting to gravitate towards because there's a lot to be, lot to be, I think, discovered. You know, the the wine characteristics are so different here in Michigan yes. than you're going to get out of a wine where you've spent the last 20 years. And it's really fun to be able to to get into some of those, you know, to go go to a friend's house when we can go to friends' houses again and and put some bottles in in brown bags and have a wine tasting, have different states represented, you know, and just have a little fun with it. There's so much to explore and learn and experience that we just think the world of wine is pretty, pretty incredible and, and, and hope that people can discover Michigan wine more. Yeah, indeed with that. And, and for our audience, we will have all the links in the show notes down below. Sherry, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cliff. I really appreciate it. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe to our email newsletter. 
When you subscribe, you'll get new episode announcements. You'll get all kinds of great behind the scenes information on upcoming guests. Plus, you'll receive special offers from our guests and partners that you can only get through the email newsletter. Subscribing is quick, easy, and best of all, it is free. Just go to callofleadership.com slash email, type in your email address, and you're done. Once again, that's callofleadership.com slash email. I'll catch you in the next episode.